This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up To The Point listeners? It's your boy, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, Cristiano, along with a guest host, his first time guest hosting with us. He just happens to be the director of business development at Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is my favorite digital marketing company for home services. And his name is The Jeff. What's going on, Chris? The Jeff. The Jeff. Thanks for having me to the point. We're excited. We're excited about our guest today. Who's we? Well, me and you. We, We are excited? We are excited. Yeah, dude, I am excited about this. That's so, what I just said. Yeah, but you said we, like, like you're representing other people. I've already said I'm excited, so you're ex- Okay, whatever. See, we're already off on the wrong foot. See, Tom, this is how you figure out if the guest host is going to work or not, is how well can they work things on the fly. We're keeping a score. It's okay. I just want to get a little bit of uh, ball busting in there. But, hey, the Jeff, happy to have you, man. I'm glad you're going to be on here, too. And, listen, we are live at, at Service World Expo Service 2021. World. We're back in person. No masks. There's people walking around. There's no masks, just a pop filter. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually been kind of nice. And you know, I didn't have to wear a mask on the way over uh, yeah. on the plane. Special treatment. I was on a different plane. Different kind of plane. <laughs> and it was a fun plane. Goals. It was a good time. Goals. Life goals. I had to wear no mask. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here in person. It's been great to see uh, everybody that I haven't seen in years. Again, um, a lot of um, you know vendors that have, I mean, there's a lot more people who are in the trade. So I love it, man. Just the camaraderie is, is cool. You can feel the energy back in the place, too. It's cool to see everybody here. When listen to some of the speakers. And, um, man, I feel like even though I used to go, I, like, you, you hear so much over the years. It's been 15 years of me do, doing this stuff in the trades. You hear so many speakers, you're kind of like, man, I don't listen anymore. Shit, after two years of being absent, I'm like, I'm going to go sit in another class. I'm going to go sit in another class. Two years of pent-up energy waiting to get back. Yeah, here. you ain't shit, man. So I want to go ahead and, and welcome our guest, uh, Mr. Tom Casey. And Tom actually is uh, the chief visionary officer. That's right. For, uh, let's see, it's Griffin Services in Jacksonville. Yes, sir. And then, oh, but that's not it. But wait. There's more. Wait. There's more. Also, Climate Partners up in Milford, Connecticut. Milford, Connecticut. Milford, Connecticut. Is that where you actually, you're from that north, the northeast, right? Born in Milford, Connecticut. Yes, sir. Gotcha. So when did you start Climate Partners? Climate Partners, uh, actually, I grew, uh, it's been forever. So um, I'm a third generation SOB. You're a third generation son of a boss. Son of a boss. And so my grandparents started way back delivering coal and ice. Coal? Coal, like shoveling so, coal. So like the exact up. opposites, like coal for heat and ice? Exactly. Oh, ice see? for the fridge. That's right. And uh, then it evolved to fuel oil, and then Great air, air conditioning was invented during that time. And um, then I, I grew up in that business, carrying tools, working summers, working weekends, going on call with my dad. You know, I, I guess a lot of us have that kind of story who grew up in the business. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, legit. It's, it's yeah, you, you, you grew up in it. You were right in it. Like in you it. didn't have a choice. Yeah. You're you born and bred. The family vehicle was the dad service van for a the while. You, know? you <laughs> earned your bars in the so, industry. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I want to do this for our listeners, too, because uh, Tom runs a successful company, and he's been in the trades a long time, as he's, as he's telling you. But we also have a lot of overlap. He has some overlap with even some of the guests we've had on the show, too. Um, a lot of success, and I want him to share that while he's on here, too. And I'm just grateful that you were here. So it's the first Appreciate time you and actually, I physically get yeah. to, you know, to meet one another. The non-Zoom That's meeting. right, man. No Zooms. I look way better <laughs> not on Zoom. I actually look like Brad Pitt. Um, is that up for debate, Tom? I, I was going to be polite. <laughs> okay, okay. Tom and I are locked in. Brad Pitt. Chris is locked Justin out. Justin Timberlake. Um, 
No? Okay. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing at that, you in assholes? The Jeez. Woody Harrelson in the movie Kate. I would agree. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would agree. That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. So I want to go ahead and let's do this. Hey, so, Tom, go ahead and dig in and let our listeners know. Go ahead and give them a little bit of history, like how you got, like you started to talk about how you got into the trades, but give some progression so that way they can understand um, the ladder that you climbed yep. uh, and the success that you've had. And then to, all the way up to the point to where, to the point, see what I did there? Yeah, nice. I like what you did there. Uh, to where you're at today. Cool? Cool. Let's go. So, uh, yeah, grew up in trade and uh, had no intention of going into trade, actually, and uh, decided to take a year off between high school and college. And here, uh, 37 years later, I'm still on my year off. Um, I found out that this I really... What, that's what year off looks like? This is year I off. I think your math's wrong. <laughs> I think the I, math's ho- Hopefully wrong. retirement will be the same type of a... <laughs> Tom, thing, you maybe. look like a young man, I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, I, I found out, you know, working full-time, I really, really love the heck out of being on roofs and meeting people and getting out and silly stuff like where you ate and stopped for coffee and the camaraderie of the trades was amazing. Yeah. So uh, I had to break the news to, you know, mom and grandma and stuff like, uh, yeah, I'm not going back to school uh, that way. And um, <laughs> going to do something a little different. Pretty quickly, um, it was a family business when I first got involved. My uncle and my dad were partners, and that was actually a horrible dynamic because uh, the business was transport refrigeration, like, you know, tractor trailers that haul refrigerated goods and frozen goods, and then houses and buildings. My dad was on the house and building side, and that's where I'd work. My Wait, and where's this at? In Connecticut. In Connecticut. And uh, my uncle was on the, on the refrigeration side, and uh, they kind of each thought, like, I make all the money, and I, and as, as like, the, the son that's involved, I was in the middle of it, so I actually applied for jobs to work for somebody else. <laughs> I said, okay, I've made a decision not I to go to school. I understand. That I makes like sense. I like this, and uh, I'm going to go work for somebody else. So I, I applied at a job, and I didn't know the guy, the, the, the service manager knew my dad well. So he called up and said, hey. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, so the place that you applied at that was outside of the family business was a friend of, of yeah, your dad. Yeah, so <laughs> that was an interesting uh, uh, trip when I got home. Like, hey, oh, hey uh, what the hell's going on? And I said, listen, I don't I want to do it anymore. So it turned into this whole thing where I ended up meeting with the corporate lawyer, with corporate, like, you know, yeah, yeah. small-time business. Yeah. Um, and I said, uh, Jimmy, I, I don't, I, it's not good. And he goes, well, we have an idea. You're, he's, he's the lawyer for my father and my uncle, so he knows they're battling all the time. We've got to split this thing. So we call a meeting to the lawyer's conference room. I'm there. Uh, Jimmy, the lawyer's there. and uh, Jimmy, the lawyer. Jimmy, the lawyer. Yeah. Jimmy, the lawyer. Um, my dad shows up. My uncle shows up. And the proposal was they were going to split the company in two. And uh, my uncle would own two-thirds of the refrigeration side. My dad would own two-thirds of the home and building side. And they would each own one-third of each other's just as, like, a way to hang on. Oh. But then what immediate the transaction was, I was going to then purchase from my dad the one-third of my uncle's oh. and then trade so my uncle would end up with a hundred percent and i would end up with a third, a third. Yep. and my dad would have two-thirds and that went horribly bad no it so was, it was no is jimmy the lawyer proctoring all this he is this kind of sounds like a sopranos <laughs> movie here yeah well, keep in mind at the time i'm like 19 years old yeah and i he- know nothing about nothing <laughs> Although I just I just knew I didn't want to work where there's like family fighting each other, right? Gotcha. And that's fair. I'm sure listeners probably can relate. They're uh-huh. like, that's my brother, that's uh-huh. my uncle, that's uh-huh. whatever. Hundred percent, our listeners have somebody <laughs> in their family or friends is working for them that they're pissed at right now, guaranteed. So, uh, my uncle stormed out of that meeting. We ended up having lunch the following week. It all worked out. But then I had the next hard task, which uh, my dad is my hero. But I had to go back and say, Ooh, I like a how he snuck that third in there. is not enough. 
a third is nothing, right? So uh, we negotiated that I would purchase 1% per year to the point I own 51%. And so I did. So you'd be a majority owner. So I would be a majority owner by the time, you know, and so that's how I got into the business actually as an owner. And then the business... um, And the name of that company? It was Climate Engineering originally. Okay, Climate Engineering. Climate Engineering. Gotcha. So I'm tracking this progression. Which we then grew and we did lots of things. And uh, it was interesting with my dad. My dad had a very old school mentality. And back in the day, I'll date myself, my main source of information was Doc Rusk. Doc Russ sold manuals and cassette tapes you could buy and you could wow. learn. Hey, listeners, just so you know what a cassette tape is, you know what? <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Google it. That and is true OG old let's school. Let's just say you could so. rewind it with a pencil. <laughs> and you, Yeah, definitely. Um, so we, we just kind of evolved. And the first year I was with my dad, we did $163,000 for the year. Whoa. Now, wait. Can we – so roughly – year what year is that That's roughly like 1987 okay so let's put that into perspective on like what does that revenue kind of look like today probably be double okay so you know? i mean it was 32 dollars an hour i mean it was all the old school stuff right? okay. there's no flat rate there okay. was no anything yeah yeah um so uh we ended up growing and building and, and my dad was pretty good to me in the sense that he gave me the education he ever got so i went to every trade like carrier school and train school and everything I could go to that he didn't get to go to, he sent me instead of taking it himself, which I thought was pretty visionary. Yeah, for sure. And so um, we I'm ended up seeing start, a trend, by the way. We started to <laughs> win um, awards, uh, quality home comfort awards, design build awards. And in 2000, we were the national residential contractor of the year for contracting business. So we had really come awesome. from like nothing, you know, humble to Whatever that is, well, that, that prestige. Well, and so did you guys, so you and your dad. Me and my dad. So you guys got to, uh, you accomplished that together. You got together. to experience that together. You got to, um, assuming you guys you know, celebrated that. I mean, Absolutely. That was, okay. So keep going. I'm interested. So then we had a knock at the door. We weren't, we're not thinking of selling. You know, it's a family business and we're, we're on the top of the world. We're loving life. We're and, not selling until uh, there's a number. So, uh, so there's a big gentleman number. came to the door, unscheduled, no appointment. Uh, like to the like to the shop, to the physical shop, knocking on the door. He comes to my office and he tells me he's from Blue Dot and da 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 and all this kind of Blue stuff. Blue Dot listeners, you've heard that before. You listen to any of the podcasts uh, with yeah. the Gaggers or the Ken Haynes, all those guys. Exactly. Yep. So um, again, keep, I'm pretty inexperienced as far as that world goes, like as in zero experience. And so, so by um, inexperienced, you mean none, <laughs> zero, less zero. than zero. So. Uh, <laughs> We sit in my office and we're talking and, you know, I guess at the time they were kind of pursuing contractors of the year, trying to have the prestige of that. And so um, I said, it's not for sale. And he goes, well, we haven't even made you an offer. We heard that before. And so um, I, uh, he said, he did the old trick, like, well, write a number and slide it across the table. And I was so gullible at that time. I was like, okay. So I thought of the biggest number I could think of and I slid it across the table and he went, we can do that. And I mean, it's like, shit. Oh, my gosh. God, You're like, I didn't go big it. I left it on the table. Fuck. I left too much money on the table. See, Tom, I do that with Chris all the time. He slides it back to me, though. <laughs> I don't even look at it. <laughs> he didn't accept. I don't even look at it. So the deal ended up progressing and maturing, and we ended up selling, and uh, it was awesome. So was awesome. so you went through all your due diligence and all that yeah. shit, and then you ended up selling on what year was that? That was 2000. Okay, so 2000. Um, wow. And that's like... Uh, Okay. So, okay. Tom, I've got a question because I'm sure a lot of the listeners are also in family-owned businesses. 
How did you guys navigate that personal relationship in business? Was your father hands-off with you? Was he hands-on? Did he let you kind of do your own thing? Talk to us about that. Uh, my dad is, is uh, amazing with his ability. I, honestly, I don't know if I could do it with my kids, okay. how much he yeah. allowed me the freedom. He might have had three brothers, too, who were uninvolved in the business, younger brothers, so he did not. He had a bad experience with his own brothers, which is kind of how we got to be partners. So he always said, I'll never, I'll never force that kind of upon you with your brothers. And uh, plus, I purchased it. It wasn't like, hey, here you go. You need to have it. I had to buy it. Um, but we talked all, all the time. And uh, it, it, we had a weird rule. And I'll, I'll preface this rule by, uh, you know, we love our wives. Our wives are amazing people. We could not do anything we, we do without them. But my dad had a very strict rule in the beginning. It was no fucking wives. Like we will never talk about business involving the wives. Line in the sand. And, and it, was, it was a good decision by him because him and I could take the emotion out of it. And even when we went back to our, our spouses and had a conversation, we could have that personally or privately. Yeah. Like, And it wasn't always a popular thing. And we also, something we agreed on early up front, which was a, probably a father-to-son decision versus maybe partners wouldn't agree on it. We decided we would take split all everything down the middle regardless of the ownership percentages if you made a dollar it was 50 cents 50 cents and if you lost a dollar it was 50 cents 50 cents and so seems, there was no money pressure like as far as you make i do all the work you make all the money that that was never oh, a dynamic good. did okay. this strengthen your personal relationship just curious it did um, I love it. Why well, you said he's your heroes you slipped it in the beginning yeah. so I'm tell yeah, us about I'm that sorry, I'm like paying attention to the story here <laughs> as it goes he just is a guy that is uh, very uh, humble. Uh, I always thought he should be a judge. He's like the most reasonable guy in making decisions. He doesn't get emotional. He's hardcore. Like working for your dad, anyone who worked for their dad who had a dad like mine, whatever everyone else did, times three or four. Dude, like, I was a farmer. No, no <laughs> doubt. I was a farmer and the only boy. And, man, it was like. Um, tell by that's your tan, that's why I do this now, by the way. <laughs> that shit's hard, you know. Yeah, so um, well, when I was a kid, well, it was, uh, like on school breaks, Connecticut, winter, freezing, wash the trucks. Like, what are, what are you doing? <laughs> wash the trucks. I go and I go, hey, Dad, the water's freezing on the truck. His response, wash them fucking faster. <laughs> I love it. And it's like, sounds okay. Like that sounds like a really great dad response <laughs> so, right there. You know, I'm, someday I'm going to write a book with everything he's ever told me, and it'll be a bestseller. I Tom, that'd be a great T-shirt. Wash them fucking faster on your T-shirt. <laughs> All right, so let's keep progressing. Let's keep progressing. Let's keep on moving forward on the on the story. So, Worked for Blue Dot, loved it. Two years was amazing, and then things changed. Got things it. didn't change in our industry. Things didn't change in our company, in our state. Things changed in the stock market, and just everything went sideways, whatever that is. Again, at the time way above my pay grade. I just know a great thing turned to total shit. And so um, we were looking to get out of it and uh, to the point that uh, you know, I, I was like, here you go, guys. Here's the keys. See you later. Um, and and uh, we did not buy our location back, which I know that's the number one question. Did you buy it did back? Did you buy it back? Yeah. We did not buy it back. Uh, we made a different kind of a deal and all of a sudden, you know, they were out of the lease. I was out of my non-compete. I had the warranty responsibility for the customers. Boom, we were back in business. Um, and so did, so, okay, I'm going to interrupt you. I'll wait, I'll wait. So, question, so we started, and at that point it was a tough decision because that was climate engineering, and it sort of had enough black eyes from the blue dot, like, last 12, 18 months that we, we formed Climate Partners. And it really just Got absorbed it. climate engineering into it, 
but it was like, okay. And our idea was really idealistic at this point in time. We had made money from the sale of climate engineering. Sure. And we had key people who stayed with us through all the transitions. So I said, I'm going to make you a partner. So you still had your key leadership in place about whenever you yeah. create climate partners. So Got it. Um, that sounded great. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. They couldn't take like, well, what if, they, they always, the, the, the people thought about what if things go wrong? What is my liability? What? And I'm like, guys, I'm literally giving you part of a company. So finally I was like, fuck it. Client Partners is me and my dad again. <laughs> I love it. And so that was the, so we, we just went forward and uh, we did that. You know, then we were having fun. We, we had a, um, a different take uh, now. We, we had, we learned through Blue Dot, like when you have that cleansing period, Things we always did as climate engineering, some things I inherited because we'd always done them. So like commercial refrigeration, that was something we did that I hated. And so when Climate Partner started, we, we referred all those. If I was today, I wouldn't sell that. I didn't sell it. I just gave the business away to somebody Ooh, else. Gotcha. Um, but so we got to like reform partners the way we wanted it. Got um, it. And we, we also got, at that point, got really heavily into like uh, energy conservation, blower door testing, whole home type stuff. Oh, yeah. Which led to... Now, like late 2000s, I started, uh, was a co-founder of Dr. Energy Saver. Got it. And okay. that became like a franchise. It still exists today. I, I don't own it. I sold it when I moved to Florida. But uh, so I was on this journey now of like, okay, I, I have some more insights to how things work a little bit. Um, my speed to zero to 60 is faster than it was when I was 19, 20 years old. Yeah, you know more. I know more yeah. shit. So, um, so then... Uh, client parts is clicking along. Um, Dr. Insaver is clicking along. And uh, I, I probably like most people in the trade. I, know, I don't like going to the doctor. I got to be like almost dead. Same. Literally, if I, my pulse is still readable, I'm, I'm probably not going. I get it. Um, but my wife schedules as I got older. She schedules your, your annual like yep. tune-up or whatever they call oh, yeah. it. They call and, that a colonoscopy. <laughs> Checking under the hood, Tom. Ask, Checking under the ask hood. Ask the so, Jeff. Ask the Jeff. I, he knows. I haven't done mine. I'm he, not. Does it, he does them weekly. <laughs> that sounds more like recreation than uh, It's a hobby. It's a hobby. <laughs> so I went. I got some uh, scary news. Um, literally, uh, I'm there like on a Tuesday at the doctor. He comes in and goes, hey, uh, I'm sending you over to cardiologist. Go to the cardiologist. Stress test. Fail, I fail, 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 fail. And uh, essentially, they're like, uh, we got to put you on a knife on Monday. So get your affairs in order. That quick? That, like it was Jeez. whatever was going on. severe. Whatever was going on was bad. So that was a, that was a rough weekend. That, that is like that come to Jesus moment. Um, so I have to get my affairs in order. But now I have three kids who are all minor kids. So uh, my wife and I know we're not sharing with the kids, you know, daddy's going to whatever. So I literally wrote my kids what could have been the last letter that weekend oh my god now I'm, wow. I'm telling you like that was such a surreal experience like i don't i'm hoping for the best praying for the best but what if not so were uh, were you even able, like i can't even imagine having to write that letter because i'd horrible. be like crying the whole time you cry the whole time see, yeah you cry the whole time i was gonna Holy go to the doctor shit. when i got home i'm gonna cancel that now <laughs> so um that's incredible go do that get everything in order go to the hospital on monday first surgery because it's cardiac type thing got to agree to everything literally your wife's there and now the next heartbreak is you're like wheel away from your wife who's sobbing you're sobbing it's a horrible yeah, for like sure. it's it's the worst thing ever Damn. i guess dying would have been worse but it's pretty close <laughs> good um, point good point so uh i wake up uh fr- in recovery and the first thing to do is like kind of grab my chest figuring they're going to operate on my chest and there's nothing there so you're pushing that button like 
I need to see the doctor. Like, like somebody talk to me. Come talk to me. Talk to me, Goose. Doctor comes talk in and he goes, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Everything's great. Your heart's perfect. The arteries are perfect. Everything's So it was literally like whatever was there, whatever your beliefs are, I don't know. But it was I, gone. I got to go to the edge, look down at, like, the shit, and I got, a, I got that second chance legitimately. Like, I literally wasn't even sick. I had like nothing. Yeah, that's crazy. You looked down on the abyss and won, essentially. And so uh, that 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 was you know, the weekend of writing the letters. Your your wife and you are like, if we get through this, we're gonna this and we're gonna that and we're like it's like, bucket, like we this could be checkmate. I, I'm gonna do something different, and so that's how we got to the to the Florida path, which was really my wife was like, no more snow, we need to get away from snow. At a girl. So. Um, we started looking in the South, Georgia, the Carolinas, and we, we found a spot in Florida. We loved it, and uh, we just took the plunge. And everyone's like, "Well, what are you what are you gonna do with the business?" What are you? And so it was a period of time we were building the house where we like we had structured the business to kind of you know we weren't all the way there, and we didn't know we didn't know, but we had management in place, we had systems in place, we were really obsessive about that stuff. So it's like. I have to learn how to do things remotely, but there's like internet. There's there yep. wasn't like video, zooming wasn't a thing right, at that right. point in time. But yep. so and there's these things called airplanes. I could fly on those. <laughs> those are cars helpful. and drive. You know, you can drive on highways. Yeah. So um, we made the decision, and boom, we were uh, we we're in Florida. And so thus starts Griffin Service. Actually, no, no. Then let's so, talk about. Oh wait, because you had also had in this little like this story too was summit the summit solar company that you well so i moved to florida i own a business in connecticut it's you know uh, i'm a remote operator i've got checks i've got medical insurance and all that stuff um we we were like semi-retired basically and um we built our dream house, and it turned out to be a nightmare house. So oh. I was the shoemaker with no shoes. Oh. So my dream house, you, go in it, you walk in it, it's epic. It's beautiful. It's like that typical, like, everything looks perfect, but the AC is shit. The plumbing is shit. The first, ye- the first night I stayed in the house, took a shower, and the water built up past my ankles because the drains didn't work. Oh. The very first night, I'm like, what have I got myself into? The air conditioning had uh, three water leaks through the ceiling in the first six months. Our first Thanksgiving was with mold remediation in the kitchen. I mean, that's that our story. That sounds fun. So that's healthy. Um, I, was, I was doing some stuff with Scott Boxer from Service Experts oh, yeah. Hi, on the um, energy conservation side because of my doctor and her experience. And I was out of town down in Texas working with some of their, their locations. And uh, the plumbers were supposed to come out to fix some stuff for the, like, umpteenth time. When I came back, you know, give your wife a hug, kiss, how's it going? And you have no, like, tradesman, like, what happened with the plumbing? <laughs> and she said, uh, you're going to have to fix it out. I, I told him it was all set. I sent him away. And I would, I could have fixed it all along, but it's like one of those things. I paid you. I am not fucking fixing yeah, it. Yeah, I got you. I, I built it. a new house. I did everything right. No, you paid for it. Fuck this. I understand. And so, um, but when your wife says, honey, enough's enough, you go, yes, dear. Yep, got and you. And so. Um, Done. I end up, we end up you know, ripping out our HVAC system, fixing it right. We end up taking care of our plumbing, water heater. And then, like, we started getting these knocks on the door from neighbors. Like, hey, do you fix air conditioning? And then one of the things my wife had said in that, when I came home that time is, we own, keep in mind, we own a business in Connecticut. Connecticut right. We know what it takes. Sure. And so um, she goes, if we ever did this in our business, we'd be out of business. You should open a company. And it just sort of then from there led to. And so what year was that? That was like 2016. 2016, gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, 
smartac.com, smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. We decided, okay, we're going to start a company. Um, we're not going to buy a company. I've been around the block a lot of times. I do like uh, sort of boutique coaching for different people yeah. through the years. Um, I'm supposed to know some stuff, right? Exactly, I'm supposed to yeah. know some stuff. You've had some. So I'm like, let's put this to the test. I, I can create a business in a box. I can do it however I want to do it. Nobody knows me. I have no expectations. So that's how we set up set aside Griffin. You know, we went, we went on that um, that a journey. Even the name was like, what name do we want? And so we're like, we got to have a. We, we surveyed all the, the demographic area, and it's like a lot of golf clubs and country clubs. We're like, okay, they have crests. They have like membership oh. so we have to have this sort of feel um we wanted our logo and our name to like immediately say they're more expensive than everyone else so like we looked at all the logos like rolex ferrari <laughs> lamborghini and if you see our logo it looks very much like a high-end you know car logo right um and so it let us build it literally from scratch what we wanted to but zero employees zero customers I get we have it. this amazing logo we did a lot of contests, like we did uh, uh, sort of public contests with different uh, services, like design our logos, design our truck wraps, design. Oh, I see. And what you're so saying. we kind of geared everything to to get to get a lot of choices. So like win the like you can win the business, like you do. Like that if you have the did? best contest, yeah. we give you a thousand dollars with the best logo. Gotcha. And then you look at like a hundred logos, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Um, but up to that point, I also was like, I was this crazy stalker. You know, uh, took my camera. I would go to all the supply houses and like window down, snapping pictures of the other vans because I was like, okay, what colors don't exist in our market? So the colors, black and gold, wouldn't have been like a choice I made, but the, everyone in the market was red and blue and every other color. I wanted something that stood out. So it was very much like that process, right? Like I'm going to prove that I can do it. Yep. Money where your mouth is. Right. Put your money Logo's where your mouth badass, is. Logo's badass, Tom. I like it. Thanks. The, so, o- the only issue I have with it. Uh-oh. Pittsburgh only Steelers. issue I have. <laughs> Why do you got to have an issue with fucking it? Because he's, Ari- he's Arizona, Can Arizona it be, Cardinals Can fan. it just be a question? <laughs> no. It's Everything, an issue? I hear black and yellow. Like, anyway. <laughs> Tom, on. it's badass. Don't listen to Chris. Orange is cooler. Carry on, Tom. <laughs> Talk more about your logo if you want to. No. It's a brand, not a logo. It is a brand. So that was kind of the idea. Like, let's create a brand. The other thing is Jacksonville is a big market. It's a very different market than yeah. Connecticut I was in. Connecticut's like a sleepy town. You know, little town, little town, little town. Jacksonville is the largest landmass yeah. city, and so there's a lot of mature players. We're these guys from the north. You know, we're the north of the south. Like, there's a whole dynamic there, good old boys. Oh, yeah. And so we said in our design, like, it has to immediately be not a new brand. The Yanks. When you see it, you have to say, that's not a new company. Yeah. That's not a new brand. And so that it was a lot of fun thought into it. Well, so, but now it's thriving. It's thriving. It's thriving. You're doing, you're, you, you obviously know what you're doing. It seems um, you're that like you're out. like this close, <laughs> this close. I'm putting like I got my fingers pinched really close together because that's how close Tom is to picking the right digital marketing Ooh. partner to take him to the next there level, you go. There right you go. there. But let's talk about um, where the business is at today for perspective, and then we'll go and do some a more drill down detail on like 
things you've done to get them there, things you've learned. So I'll go through that question. So go ahead and, and give the listeners like, where's the business at today? And then I'll go into the questions. Business today is uh, full HVAC service and replacement, you know, 95, 98% residential. Um, That's the good we shit. also uh, plumbing service, uh, sewers, drains, water heaters. Um, and we just launched electrical. Literally, we have one electrician started two weeks ago. So that's amazing. Uh, we'll finish up this year about $8.5 million, boy. which is uh, pretty sweet, Absolutely. I think, for where we started out. 100%. Uh, next year we'll, be, we'll, we'll go for Spins. bigger places. Yeah, soon, yeah, soon bigger places. North of 10. North yeah. of 10. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. If we, if, if we do 10, I'm going to, like, I hang s- up my clean. Tom, I, <laughs> I'm out. Tom, I said north of 10. North <laughs> of 10. Out. He said north of 10. North of 10. You, yeah, he's, shooting, so. he's shooting high. He's going for that visionary yeah. that visionary goal. He's, I see. He knows. He he knows, knows. We know about the visionary goal. So I want to, uh, well, thank you for sharing the story, too. Um, I always love all the old Blue Dot stories, too. I mean, even though I don't know what the outcome of it was, the story, the history of all of it, and all those that are involved are typically all successful in the business today. Like, or made successful exits, too. I mean, like, that have scattered out between them. Right. Um, so, it, always hearing the stories is cool for me. Um, and I think for our listeners, too, because they get a, basically get a history lesson on here, too, from those that are being in the trades. So, but the common denominators are all things that these successful companies are doing. It's just your own variation of it, things you've learned, things that your dad taught you um, or that you learned from being in the business. And everybody learns from the mistakes. Um, now, I have my own, you know, input on how to grow businesses too, but, but mine's, even though I work in the trades, I'm in a different, like I'm obviously in a different capacity, right? right Those right. are my customers. So I have to really understand it. But um, one thing that's extremely important to me, and I know you talked about all these things on growing the business. And, and the reason I'm asking this question is because um, beneath, beneath that rough exterior, I think there's probably a little bit of a soft, <laughs> there's a little bit of a softy in there too. And I think your dad probably created that in you because of um, the way he was with you and, and, um, him being a gentle guy and not being an emotional guy, but being caring enough to let you do your thing and learn things and giving you responsibilities that maybe somebody wouldn't have gotten at that age or at that uh, phase of the business. But to me, um, empathy wins. Um, I think being an empathetic leader is good, um, but I also believe in you got to have a really great culture, people that believe in you, people that want to work for you, people that want to do the job, people that want to do it right, people that genuinely care about serving the customer because at the end of the day, client fulfillment is the game. Absolutely. So, did you? Was there anything in particular while you're growing these companies that you're in, like that, in the culture of the business that you thought was really successful and creating good synergy? Yeah, I think um, culture beats everything. A hundred percent. Culture is checkmate. Everybody's got to want to I mean, fight for one another, right? And so that's it. Um, yeah, uh, money happens, sales happen, life happens, but culture is is the end all be all. And so we always had amazing culture at Climate Partners and Climate Engineering. And that's just my thing. I'm a sports guy, so, like, you know, no man left behind. You can have all those cliches. Oh, yeah. Uh, Griffin's culture, I, I had to do something different because there is a different mindset from a northeastern. Uh, I'm a, from about an hour north of New York City, so I have a New Yorker mentality. That's just a real aggressive sort of mentality. I understand. I moved down to, like, Take no chill, chilled out land, and I'm, like, <laughs> this throbbing asshole, like, dude, chill out, man. <laughs> Jeff knows like, something about that. I East remember, Coast, I remember East going Coast, like, baby. Uh, I remember going to the grocery store and like they're talking to you. I'm like, just just give me my shit. Get me get out of here. Like, what are you talking to me for? I don't even know you. Um, and they're holding the door open for you, Tom. Like, right? Like, can I can I take your groceries to your car? No. <laughs> and now it's like the most. Now years later, it's awesome. But um, so I had to kind of really snap that if you're going to be at Griffin from the beginning, it's going to be different. So like we have banners that hang around our shop that literally say, "Fuck average, 
be legendary. Yeah, wow. so we need one of those. Chris. It's like it's just the mindset is is if we do that, then everything then everything's built around that. And we're a work culture, and a lot of people say that a work family, or and we are. Uh, integrity, absolutely. Legendary service, no doubt. But one of our core values is amazing workplace. Tom, question. So follow up to that. Where do you see the paradigm shift has been to maybe the old school worker to the new generation worker? What do, what do you see as in work ethic challenges, you know, opportunities out there? How do you see that the paradigm has shifted? Um, I don't know that it really shifted. I think there's a lot of talk about that and maybe consultants like to make money off that, talking about gen this, that, and the other thing. I do know there are some differences, but culture is culture. Mm -hmm. People who want to win, want to win. It's like saying what's changed in you know sports. The, the guy who won in the 50s had a mindset. The guy who won in the 80s had a mindset. The guy winning today has a mindset. You, know, you could take Michael Jordan and put him in any generation, he's going to be successful. So. I don't think that our culture doesn't rely on excuses. You know, we Ooh, operate. I like that. Oh, that's good. We operate. I operate my personal core value and a company core value is a rule called no assholes. And that means customers, vendors, associates. It just is a rule. And so in that world, the, the older guys take the younger guys under their wing. If a younger guy is like, uh, you know, all millennialized out or whatever, like, oh, you have to let them work these hours and stuff. Our guys are going to be like, listen here, this is what we do around here. We're all a family. We go to battle. You know, to me, business is war, not in the life and death sense, but we're going to take that hill. Yeah. We're going to take that hill. Unity. And if Team. we're going to leave no one behind in the process. And so um, to me, you know, culture, I, I could talk about culture all day. I love every bit about it. Um, and I think success or lack of success, profit or lack of profit can be traced to culture. You know, you want to get into all the marketing things and the numbers. It's all, it's all super important, don't get me wrong. But if you start with a bad culture, no strategy can out could be culture. Culture is the ultimate strategy. Yeah, no. So I want to actually, um, I had like a different mindset of how I wanted this to go. But I love that your passion is in culture. And I didn't know that until like I could see you when you're talking about it. But I did say to Jeff, uh, to, excuse me, to the Jeff, the Jeff, pre podcast, that the chief visionary officer. Thing kind of made me think like that was going to be really important to you and I had no reason to think that none so I love that you're going down that path because I'm such a big advocate of it and it seems like no man I need I need leads no man I need the business I need to work on my conversion rates well guess what you need to have client fulfillment and guess who's got to fulfill the uh, client need for you or the service for you uh, your people right so what I want to touch on is you know, as our company has grown, we have over 100, like 126, 128 rhinos today. Um, culture is the most important thing to me because I treat client fulfillment in my world and employee satisfactions as equals. Absolutely. They're equals. So Employees are the first customer. 100%. So even though I was, I was gone uh, last week, we fly everybody in town and we do this quarterly team builder because to me, it's worth the expense of bringing everybody in to just get together, to be together. And then, of course, we do service days once a month where we go and serve somewhere in the community, shut the office down on a Friday and go and serve somewhere. It's just a different way of creating a culture of caring when you're doing something for someone who is in need and has no benefit to you or to the business. It's a way to just kind of grow the tough guys and kind of maybe see if they got, you can pull in some heartstrings a little bit. But it creates this like great culture within our business and it works as we've scaled it. But scaling it is hard because you have to have your management in place that continues to repeat what that culture is over and over again to make sure that you know, we keep we keep following that. Now, an interesting topic. You know, earlier today I did a podcast with Ken Goodrich, and I was with him um, or two years ago, and we went to go see 
um, went to this event together, I went and, and we saw Robert Kiyosaki talking, who wrote yep. Rich Dad, Poor yep. Dad. And he talked about how he actually documented his culture. He documented, put it, because like, I've like, created a full-on process and documentation of his culture that was shared on a weekly basis. That's awesome. Documented his culture. I didn't even think about it to that point in time. I was like, oh, shit, man, i got to write a process for my culture, and i got to document our culture. One of the things that I, I learned between Climate and Griffin was we document everything, but we don't write it down. So, like, uh, we have videos for everything. So trying to capture culture, if I could sit there and just, you could see my and feel face your, and yeah. hear my tone. Yeah. So when somebody starts, we have this uh, immersion process. It takes about five days, and there's a schedule of videos. And it's all about, like, you know, the first day is just culture day. Why we do this, why we do that, how we do this, what it's about. And there's a check-in by their manager to make sure, is this still for you? Ah. You've, you've seen, like, that's the boss, that's the guy, and he uses F-bombs, and he's very passionate, <laughs> and he's, like, th- he's not fooling around, and, and this, is, this is your day, and then you kind of roll to, you know, te- technical procedures and um, uh, processes and service tra- uh, uh, software training and stuff, but day one is culture day. Yep. Like, are you in? I love it. And then... Uh, this we, is what we're about. Are you we, in or out? And we do a co- all company every month, and we have a culture point during it. Uh, but I think our success in scaling, we're not scaled to the, the, the size like Ken Goodrich's oh, of course. legend, you know, right what he's doing. Yeah. But it's, I see him do it. He's taking care of his leaders. So now my responsibility is to grow leaders. Yeah, they're here. And so I'm teaching <laughs> them. I'm growing them. I'm, they got they to get in and buy in for me so that they could give it to the next guy. And you have to lead by example. Right. Can't just talk about it. You got to be about it. Got to be about it. Yeah. So, Tom, everyone that's followed your journey and has known you, What's next for Tom Casey and your legacy? Ooh, legacy. I love legacy questions. I like legacy questions. And, and remind me, before that, sports team, are you now a converted Jaguars fan? Definitely no. Okay, hey, good. Hey, I'm going to be there this next weekend to watch my Arizona Cardinals whoop that Jacksonville Jaguar ass. Because we're Cardinals fans. Yeah, I'm a New York Yankee fan, born and raised. You're so, a Cardinals fan? Dude. I used to live in He's St. Louis the when they Cardinals were the St. Oh, Louis Cardinals. Gosh. So before you even thought about like in Listeners, the Cardinals. fast forward. Yeah. Fast forward. <laughs> all right, Tom, go ahead. So you're, you're a mash hole is what, is what they would say. You like all no, the New no. England teams. Definitely not. We, okay. If you're a New York, New York Yankee fan or a New York fan, Boston is not. Uh, I'm Cardinals everything. So it splits, so. splits about halfway through Connecticut. The northern half is Boston people. The southern half is. All right, my bad. Yeah, so Tom Lega- Tom's legacy. You, you'd be better off calling me an asshole than a masshole. <laughs> that's, that's more of an it's, it's less of an it. insult. I'm going to leave that to Chris. <laughs> I'm going to let Chris do that. Bank it. All right, legacy. Legacy. What's legacy, next? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm loving what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, there's consolidation everywhere. Who the heck knows what's going on with it? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm like on the edge of my seat like everybody else. Just watching, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm excited, so pedal to the metal, keep building, keep building, keep building. But uh, I believe that uh, nothing happens to me. Everything happens for me. So I'm, I'm just waiting for the next thing to happen for me. And uh, if it's continuing to build my businesses, awesome. If it's to start new businesses, awesome. If it's to sell my businesses and you know help grow something bigger, awesome. Uh, I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, as and long think- as I'm having fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm being good human, and we're serving back our community, and we're doing things. Uh, I, I live a, I'm a pretty happy guy. Well, and you're enjoying the process of building. I'm, I'm enjoying the process of it. building. It's been a fun ride. And the last few years, the last few years with all the consolidations and stuff, 
It's been really interesting. It's been fun. And obviously, as you know, like, I'm involved in so many of these different conversations, unwillingly at times. <laughs> um, I've just happened to be involved in it. And it's fun for me to learn it and, and hear, see everything that's going on as well. So I want to go ahead and leave one quick thing, too, before we get there. Is I want our listeners to hear a piece of advice from you. Because I, I don't want you to downplay the fact that you just grew you know, to eight and a half million in such a short time because there's actually a lot of value in that. But I, what I want, what I want our listeners to, because there's a lot of people who never even get there or half the way there. You know right, what I mean? Right. So don't you can't ever compare to like to a Ken Goodrich or it's just it's not fair because it's still successful. It's still oh, absolutely I, I, successful. I'm super happy so, with what we've done. So what I want to know is then for our listeners because you clearly have skill set, you clearly have things you put in place, processes. Um, things that you do over and over again that create these successful businesses. But what's, if you can give one piece of advice to our listeners, and I want you to think about from this perspective, we have a lot of listeners that are just kind of, have just split out and starting their own thing. And maybe they're just selling their way to like a million. And there's not, I'm talking, you hear me, selling your way to a million. What is maybe one piece of advice that you could give that listener um, that would help them grow their business? Like think long, like that will give them some good long-term strategy. Like what is a good piece of advice you can give them? I say that uh, it's all about the people. And so. There's a shocker. Uh, <laughs> Culture r- and people. R- right people on the bus in the right seats. And I also think on part of that is um, hire, hire good people till they're standing around. Don't wait till you need them to hire them. Otherwise, you can't hire good people. You're at the risk of having to hire someone who can fog a mirror versus if, if a good person presents themselves, hire them, hire them, hire them. And then beyond that, the next thing that's probably, you obviously got to hire them to do this, but empower them. Ah, I like that. If you don't it. give the people, and that's part of culture. You learn our culture, and I'm going to trust you to make decisions because you understand what we're about, what we're trying to do. And then if I empower you, then I, I have to support you, even if that's like, hey, the Tim, that decision you made over there. <laughs> isn't one I would have made, How, why'd you make it? And then, hey, next time that comes up, what if we thought about it this way? Yeah. But um, freedom is in empowering people. And, and that's, at this stage of my life, if there is a legacy, I, I'll double back that question. I want to be able to wake up in the morning and decide what I want to do any day and do it. I love it. And so to we, do that, you need empowered people. We've gotten a lot of Tomisms today. I love it. Hey, you know what? I'm going to do something. One, thank you for sharing all that story. And I love that, by the way. Like, I'm okay with that, too. Uh, I think spontaneity is good for just you as a human being. Uh, I'm 42. I got a lot of runway ahead of me, and I'm anxious to see what I'm able to build over the next eight years, like by the time I hit 50. I'm motivated by it. I don't know what, like, shit. One day I thought, well, uh, one of my big uh, HVAC and plumbing guys bought a roofing company, then he bought another one. I was like, well, there's a trend happening, so what's going on? (laughs) So guess what? Next week I speak, I do a keynote at RoofCon in front of 3,000 roofing contractors because I see the pattern. I love that I can do that. That's awesome. It, my, my business is already set up for it. The process is the exact same. There's actually a lot of crossover. But I love that I was able to do that. And I have the opportunity to do that. So I want to end this a different way, okay? Usually what I do is I, uh, I say, hey, thanks, Tom Casey. I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story and taking the time with us away while you're here at this. And I and, and I so there I said that. That's out of the way. Well, done. Um, but <laughs> seriously, appreciate you, man. Um, you know. And uh, I, I say it jokingly about you coming on, you know, of us partnering up and together. If it happens, great. If not, whatever. It doesn't matter. I want you to be successful regardless. Have no doubt that you'll hit your 10 million number. Like, at, I'm not even questioning. North of 10 North million. of 10 million. North. But what I typically north. will do is I will end with a review. 
So I'll say, hey, thanks, listeners. And by the way, thanks, listeners. Um, and hopefully you did enjoy Tom's. But, you know, and by the way, reach out to Tom, too. If you're, if you're cool with it and sharing contact info, um, I love it whenever our listeners offer that up so people can reach out to him for advice. You've done some coaching anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if that's something you want to share real quick, just the yeah. best way for them to contact you? Best way is email. I'm a terrible phone person. So Tom at Tom C now, T-O-M-C-N-O-W. Got it. Okay, so here's how we're going to finish this thing. So listeners, don't be afraid to reach out. Here's how we're going to finish this. I don't have a review to read, (laughs) okay? Um, Because I don't even have a paper I'm reading any of my questions off of. And typically, our uh, podcast producer, who is not here, would give me a nice little sheet that has a review at the end, and I don't have it. So, Tom, have you listened to this podcast before? (laughs) I have. Okay. Um, Maybe you could uh, share a review for us. That's from Tom Casey. I like it. Knowing, Tom, this was my first one with Chris. So, to review, the Tim made all the difference here today (laughs) in his contributions. (laughs) Uh, But seriously, Tim, you did a great job for never having sat at the mic before. Tom, you did a fantastic job, and so did the Jeff. Um, I keep calling him the Tim. Why do I keep calling him the Tim? I don't know. I don't know, man. That's a new trend. You can call him that around the office. Now we're calling him the Tim. The Tim, office linebacker. We're going to confuse everybody. Chris is going to take that back to the entire office (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. So all I'm looking for is, hey, man, give to the point, Home Services Podcast a review. If you want, any star you want, one, two, three, four, five, any star you want, and it could be a short and sweet review. Just finish this off with a review to the point, Home Services Podcast. Bring us home. I think the review is is a solid five plus. Hey! I like it. We'll take it. Um, well, listen, man, I really appreciate you again taking time. Obviously, we're, the trade show is only three hours long. And you, have, yeah. you, have, you, know, you know people here. There's a lot of vendors to go see. So thank you for giving us 45 minutes of your time. And, uh, and I'm grateful. So, listeners, hopefully you uh, soaked that up. Hopefully you liked the Jeff. If not, let me know. We'll never or have him back on again. Um, or the Tim. Whichever one you me. want. If you, liked, for the Tim. if you liked the Tim better than the Jeff, whatever. Shoot us a message and let us know. But as we'll always, let him know. As always, please don't forget to leave a review. And forget to subscribe to the podcast. And you get it sent to you automatically and share it with your friends, other friends that are in the business that need to hear this type of stuff to move their business forward if they're in the home services space. But regardless, we're grateful for you live from the Service World Expo 2021 in Louisville, Kentucky. We'll see y'all next time.